Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess and host of the Wisdom Smack podcast. Join me today on the flip as we push back some things and get to the heart of the matter to learn some Wisdom Smacks on how to dig deep and see what's really going on. If you're tired of being part of the sheeple, if you're tired of being a pawn in someone else's game, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and join me on the flip as we talk about from pawns to players. It's going to be good. I'll see you soon. Hey there and welcome. Thank you for joining me today. So let's go on and get into it. We're going to be talking about moving from being a pawn to a player. And the first thing I want to say is, is that a pawn becomes a player in a game when one of three things happen or if all things, all of these things happen. Number one, they finally realize that they're in a game. Number two, they realize the game or the game type that they're in. And number three, they realize that they are a pawn. And when we're talking about a pawn, uh, we're talking about that that chess piece, if you will, that is the front line, the infantry person. You know how I talked about baby soldiers <laughs> in some of my other uh, podcasts. The pawn is that expendable uh, uh, soldier, who is there to simply carry out the wishes of someone else. It is easily manipulated. It is uh, someone who is collateral damage. They are forfeit. If something goes wrong, they're the ones that take the brunt of things. And now is not the time for us to ignore what is, you know, what is a foot? And I say, what is a foot? Because when you have times like this, and I'm, let me preface this by saying, I have never gone through a pandemic before. So I don't know. All I know is what somebody recorded in history of what went down, because I wasn't there. And last time I checked, I'm not a soothsayer. I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm not prepared to make any kind of predictions right now. My whole podcast yesterday was talking about uncertainty and, and you know, having to just deal with it. So I'm not going today come and say, oh, I know it's going to happen. But what I will say is that in times of great stress and great lack and the fact that humanity is, irras- is predictably irrational, like Dan Arioli says, we can kind of sort of 
understand that you are, we are now firmly ensconced in a time of the opportunist. And wisdom wants us to not get duped, not get taken, not get taken advantage of or taken for granted. And so it doesn't take a lot to change the trajectory of being an unwitting pawn as much as it takes just a simple awareness and possibly a reminder that you need to be on guard. You need to understand that there are those who, out of their defense mechanisms, they are wired right now that their survival game is way different from yours. And I wish it wasn't the case, but that's humanity. And we have to be on guard for that. So, Thank you for letting me state that. And I don't want this to be, you know, a a grim podcast, but I do want us to be wise out here and understand that there are grifters. There are people who are um, operating out of a fear of lack that would use you or anybody else to, you know, you know, satiate their their need for security. So be wise, be wise. And so I'm going to say that in today's situation, we need to be mentally sharp like never before. And not only mentally sharp, we need to be uh, flexible, fluid. We need to have the ability to pierce the veil of uh, the pretty facades that people might have and try to, you know, come in front of you with. And you need to be on guard, thinking harder, (laughs) thinking stronger, and having endurance. Uh, I've been talking about infinite and finite games for a while now to hopefully get my regular listeners to, to understand that in today's world where we're in, This race isn't given to the swift nor the strong, but to the ones who truly endure until the end. And that is getting into the finite range. I mean, excuse me, the infinite range, meaning that if you're going to play a game of high quality for as long as possible, you need education and not only skills and training. No, you need some education. And so today is going to be a little snippet of just like the education, if you will, of how to move from being a pawn to a true player in this game. And the good thing is, is you don't even have to try to win, especially if you're playing the infinite game to try to sustain and maintain and have quality of your gameplay, aka your life for as long as possible. You know, because there are a lot of people trying to win a game and don't know what happens the next day after they after they've won. It's so sad. And I'm not going to go off on that tangent, but it's a sad thing to see someone who doesn't know how to switch it up. And they're always out to compete and win against someone only to finally realize when they've won. What does it profit a person to gain the whole world and lose their insight into what it means to be alive and and to have quality interactions and relationships? And so I need you to understand that right now, this is the time for you to have that epiphany that I will not be an unwitting pawn 
in someone else's game. And in order to do that, we've got a few things we're going to talk about, okay? So we're going to talk about focus real quick, all right? And focus is really at a premium right now. And I'm going to just say it. Right now, you can't, we can't afford to have a lack of it. What does it mean to be focused? Well, the first thing it means is to do away with unnecessary distractions. It would behoove you to, at this particular time, focus on getting away from a lot of distractions. One of the biggest ones that I'm pretty sure, I know I deal with it, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people deal with it, is going to be that phone in your hand or within three feet of you. I would encourage you to take some time during the day when you're not looking at it, when you're not living through it, and when it's not making you hop to its uh, whims every time a notification comes in. Uh, Because when you have these distractions, they start to affect your ability to focus, to concentrate, and to get stuff done. And they, it becomes, this phone that I'm talking about, it becomes the predictor of your moods and what you feel, what you believe, and what you think. And so taking time to be away from it, maybe a few hours in the morning and the evening, uh, will help you, hopefully, to detox away from it a little bit. The next one is uh, TV. Uh, having the news on in the background all day long, that's not good. You already know this. I'm only quickly saying it because you know it. And just let this be a quick reminder. Do not have that subconscious diet feeding your fears and making you uh, become part of the hypnotic dance of those who would have you operating out of fears. So be strong and and gain and do whatever you can to get your focus back. Uh, One of the things that I have been looking at um, in the mornings when I'm doing my little exercises in the house, thank God for a treadmill, is uh, going back and uh, looking at um, finances and things. I've mentioned uh, books like Debt. I've mentioned books like The House of Morgan and some other ones that talk about American finance uh, through the ages. And uh, I'm currently um, listening to The Color of Money. It's hard to make it through that one because it's a very good book. It's just emotionally trying. (laughs) And it's talking about banking uh, from uh, slavery on to the present. And so anyway, going back through and uh, looking at the titans of industry, um, Rockefeller (laughs) is one that stands out because of how he played the game. And going back and reviewing what Rockefeller did with Standard Oil and what he did with the railroads and and then him and uh, Morgan and uh, Hutton, E.F. Hutton, I mean, um, excuse me, Charles Schwab, not E.F. Hutton, Charles Schwab and some others. Um, and the reason why we have RICO acts now and in the, in the, in the lot, it, it, it was something. And I was like, oh, my gosh, someone is always playing on this level 
and various different levels. And the average person isn't aware that at any given time, someone is trying to play with your life and your livelihood. There's a reason why they call what you earn or what you get paid your livelihood. And so this is kind of like a little wisdom bell ringing, ring, 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 wake up, wake up. Uh, Rockefeller, when uh, it was the great expansion to the West through the railroads and the industrial age was in full motion and he had that black gold, he had the oil and um, others had it as well, but uh, he was, he had this great manifest destiny, if you will, to um, cover the, the, the nation to get his products out uh, across the nation and, and the like, he played this long game that people weren't even aware of until it was too late, where he froze people out. And there were some who, when he started, if you look at his history, when he started, he was a lowly clerk who um, partnered with a guy, you know, who had some wealth. And the guy just thought him to be a, a clerk, you know, just a nondescript. And the guy who had mo- more money at the time even admonished uh, Rockefeller for being, you know, too stringent and uh, wanting to move too fast. And um, Rockefeller finally found a way to get rid of him by buying him out. And the guy was like, oh, I guess this is a good deal until he really found out what Rockefeller had managed to do. Now, I am not trying to vilify this, this man or his legacy. You can go and read about John D. Rockefeller on your own. I am simply saying that hopefully by me mentioning some of the things that were done at times that mimic our times when the world was in turmoil, whether it was due to stock crashes or whether it was due to wars or now like us, pandemics, there's always going to be some type of uh, wisdom that you can learn. I am not saying that it's going to be the exact same because we don't know. But what I will say is that history can do a lot of teaching. It's been uh, said, even like of stocks. And I I said this the other day on a podcast that if you are not familiar with something, now is not the time to start uh, spending and trying to get into um, different types of investment opportunities because you don't know what you don't know. And it's, it's, going to be a lot. I can just see it 18 months, 24 months from now, a couple of years from now, you know, when people lose out because they tried to get into something that they thought was a good deal, but they they didn't have the learning uh, to know what was really going on. It's not going to be good. And so I really kind of want you to just kind of wake up and understand what's really going on. Understand the game that is being played. Um, of the stock market. It's been said (laughs) that the stock market is the instrument uh, that is used for the benefit of the patient so that it is a shift of wealth from the impatient to the patient. And I was like, yep, that's about right. That is about right. (laughs) If you are impatient uh, and you're you know, trying to do investments and stocks and those kinds of things, just understand that sooner rather than later, 
there will be a shift of wealth to those who are patient. Um, And like I said, this is not just about monies. This is about your security, your livelihood, and all of that. And I want to say something about um, a famous quote from Malcolm X. And this is what he says. He says, there is no better, none better than adversity. Every defeat, heartbreak, every loss contains its own seed and its own lesson on how to improve your performance the next time. And so, yes, you're going to bump your head. You're going to have some issues that happen. You're not going to make it through this time unscathed because that's not life. And if and and if you do, have you really learned something that bettered you? Um, you know, it's the friction. It's uh, the, the times that your back is against the wall where you do your best. Um, I talked again, yes, not yesterday, the day before. Well, anyway. Recently, I talked about uh, Morgan Housel and uh, some of the articles he wrote for the Collaborative Fund. And you can find those at collaborativefund.com. And he talked about how there was great advancement when we were hard pressed, meaning that necessity was truly the mother of invention. How in a six year period uh, in World War II, we started off on horseback and ended in six years by splitting an atomic atom. And so there you cannot you cannot tell me that we are not able to do miraculous things when pressured to have to do it. And if you are slumbering right now, if you are thinking that everything is okay and that people are going to take care of me and, you know, and I see all the little funny memes about sitting by the mailbox waiting for a check, you don't have time for that. Let the check come. God bless you. But also be doing what you can with what you have uh, to make it better. Okay? So, now we want to get practical because this is how we do here, hopefully, you know, practical with our wisdom. So I want to, you know, just say that these are some of the things and I want to give um, a shout out to this book called Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. It's a, a, a easy read and um, she's done a lot of research about the science of people and how we interact and a lot of the um the information in the book I am very familiar with, but when you study in this area, you become very familiar. But what I will say is, is if you don't, she encapsulates a lot of information in a fun way that you'll learn quickly. It's not a lot of puff and fluff. Her stories are relevant and her experiments to expand her learning on things was very enjoyable, very insightful and innovative. So I highly recommend it. And the book is called Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. So in the book, she talks about three levels of trust. And I want to just summarize them for you. And I encourage you to go and read the book. So basically, we have to play the cards that we have. You know, it's, you know, it's too late to go try to get some other cards right now. So you do have to play the cards that you have. So the first thing is understand that, there are levels of trust. Whether you realize it or not, these are the levels. So number one is friend or foe. So when people initially interact with you, they want to know, are you friend or foe? Are you hostile or benign or benevolent? 
Uh, every time we think about um, meeting someone new, we are checking to see if they are for us or against us. That's our natural instinct. Are you going to be with me or are you, are, are you going to be against me? So that's the first level of trust. Then the next one is going to be, are you a winner or a loser? This might even be, are you able to increase my status or help me? What's in it for me? With them. What's in it for me? You know, it's like once you realize that maybe this person is not against you, they're not an enemy, they're not a foe, they're not out to try to get you, then the next thing is, is you're trying to figure out the status, whether they are a winner or a loser. You can tell when people are into this because you carry on a conversation and they're going to soon quickly ask you, what do you do for a living? Who do you work for? Who are your people? You know, they're going to try to qualify you and put you in some type of cast, some type of level. So they can figure out if you are a winner or a loser. And I'll say this, winners, everybody wants a winner, no matter what, because winners uh, make other winners or surrogates, you know, of, of, of the winning. And then the third level is going to be, are you my ally or are you my enemy? And so the difference between, because I, I was like, well, what's the difference between one friend or foe? And then three, ally or enemy. And here lies the rub. And that is that friend or foe is going to be, that's the first level. That's going to be one-on-one. But then on the third level of trust, it's not only you're my friend, not only are you, you, you know, you're a winner, you help me improve my status. There is something beneficial that I get out of interacting with you. but you are now an ally, meaning that you are willing to operate and protect, help, or strengthen my interest because you're now my ally. And this is the this is the one where we get duped if we don't realize that there's a game afoot and that we're possibly the pawns because people will ingratiate themselves to you because they understand this. So when they come, they come with gifts, they come bearing gifts, and then they come showing you how much of a winner they are. And then the next thing you know, you're on Twitter and social media parroting uh, and uh, holding the pom-poms and baking the cakes for their agendas. And you don't even realize it. And that is to me one of the most insidious things that can happen because people are are doing the work of these folks unawares. And I'm like that ain't right. <laughs> you know, it's not. But I did come by to tell you today that you can move from being a pawn, building somebody else's goals and dreams to being your own. And it's not where you have to even stop being their ally. You simply, if you're going to be an ally, they need to be your ally. And I'm saying this because too many people are allowing corporations or companies or organizations to have us as allies without requiring it it in the other direction. And I'm going to just leave that at that. Because I want you to have food for thought and take it in whatever way you want to. Because that's another thing. You have to get to the point where you have an opinion. 
Remember, yesterday we talked about strong opinion held weekly. And develop your opinion. And as you gain more information that either tests or, or strengthens your opinion, you go from there. And you learn how to think for yourself, how to believe what it is you want to believe, and how to be able to argue for it with sound doctrine as for what we have at the current time, as well as understanding how to critique your own beliefs. And I'm going to tell you, it, it's, it's a different kind of exercise when you're able to look at your stance and understand the other side of it, the the drawbacks, the things that people would say, you know, are not right. And by doing that, you are expanding your field of knowledge. You are expanding your ability to maneuver and to um, be a true player in this game. And hopefully, you're also making it where you can extend your gameplay for a long time uh, to the point of infinite. Because this is when you start, when you're playing your cards this way and understanding the three levels of trust that, you know, friend, number one, friend or foe, number two, win, win, winners or losers, talking about the status, what's in it for me, what you can, what can you do for me, you know, uh, and number three, allies or enemies. When you just even just understand that and choose accordingly where you're not finessed out of your ability to think for yourself, you become extremely powerful. When you're able to, uh, accurately assess what someone's agenda is and what they're really wanting you to do, you'll be amazed at how things look totally different when you get to the point that you can immediately pinpoint when persuasive language and even propaganda is put before you. It becomes life to your soul because you start to wake up and have these epiphanies of who you really are. And yes, you can have all of this and still be an excellent citizen. Your civic duty and loyalty is remains intact and you are the better for it because you know why and how you're going to support what you support. Um, and, and, and it might be that you, you don't change a thing except for your understanding and your mental capacity to process why you're doing the things you're doing instead of just being in the land of the sheeple and doing as you think everybody else does. You know, that comes, comes to mind that there is a, um, a concept where people are, uh, they, uh, a large number of people actually do things because they think everybody else is doing it only to find out that there are a lot of people that are like, I was only doing it because I thought everybody else was going to do it. And I didn't want to, you know, be the one that was, um, you know, making, uh, making things hard. And a lot of people don't have the the wherewithal or the strength or whatever it is to get to the point where they're like, you know, 
hmm, maybe I need to speak up. Maybe I do need to, you know, check and see if I'm the only one and, and, you know, and be able to, you know, get out of that. So it really helps for you to snap out of it and understand that first and foremost, I'm in a game. Then what game am I in? And then understanding that I'm a pawn in this game. Okay. So I need to start moving differently. And by being able to do that, when you're moving differently, you'll see so many things uh, start to open up for you and you'll have epiphanies and you'll no longer be uh, a pawn that's expendable, a foot soldier that has no clue why you fight, no clue why this person is your enemy or this concept is your enemy. Because you'll finally understand those levels of trust and you'll understand, oh, so this is why they want me to be against this because they think that we have these three layers of trust, but it goes both ways. Are you my foe? Are you my friend? Are you a winner for me? What's in it for me? Are you my ally? Are you, you know, advocating for my stuff? And just by going back and reevaluating that stuff, things are going to open up for you. So in my last few minutes, I want to go back and I want to just kind of like recapsulate what we what we talked about today. And I want to stress to you that focus, oh my gosh, how can I say it? If you really want to move from being a, a pawn on somebody else's board, achieving what they want, especially in this highly opportunistic time where grifters are doing what they do. Oh, and I, I wanted to say this about Rockefeller. Rockefeller um, is noted as saying, and I'm paraphrasing here, that the time to make a lot of money is when there's blood in the streets, meaning when everybody is panicking, he was saying that when there is, it comes down to this, that when times are hard, you need to be aggressive with uh, going in and buying up stuff. And when times are good, you need to be conservative. And that has been something that has gone down through the years of people in the know on that, on how to gain control of the game and the game board. And just remember, you got to get to the point where you can focus so that you can clear your mind to see what's really going on. You do have to play the cards you have. Do not try to go and do something you're not familiar with right now. It is not a good thing. And understand the three levels of trust, as uh, was said in the book Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards, that there are three levels. Number one, friend, are you friend or foe? Number two, are you a winner or a loser? And number three, are you an ally or an enemy? Once you figure out what the relationship is you have with those, whether they be an individual, a company, a group, uh, some friends, family, your, your local um, municipalities, or even your government, once you figure that out, you're going to stop being a pawn for somebody else and you're truly going to become a player to be reckoned with. So 
With that, guess what? My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes. And this is a daily podcast. I want you to like, subscribe, share, comment. If you want to have me consider uh, a, a topic, drop me a line. That information is in the show notes. And until then, I will see you tomorrow. Have a nice one. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.